must never let the weight of this combination endanger our liberties or democratic process. And so, my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. I have a dream. Welcome to Great Men Back Then. Here's your host, Lauren Scott. You are listening to Radio Free Hillsdale 101.7 FM. And welcome to Great Men Back Then, where we talk about, you guessed it, great men. Specifically, great men from American history. I am your host, Lauren Scott. Now, I know what you may be thinking right now. How could it be possible that a college student could possibly judge the character of some of the men in our history and call them great? Especially when many of them had tremendous faults and made loads of mistakes. I mean, for crying out loud, more than half of the founding fathers owned slaves. My response to that would be this. Yes, many of the men in our history were flawed and made choices that were most definitely not commendable. But I am here to give you the facts. If we take a closer look into the lives of these men, we can better understand just where they're coming from. A lot of people will focus on have lived through more tragedy and more grief than most people in the 21st century will ever know or understand. Wars, adultery, child loss, and illness all play into the effect of how a person lives their life and makes decisions. For greatness is not about the number of mistakes one makes, but the number of times one overcomes those mistakes and perseveres through hardships. If you listened to some of my previous episodes, then you know that I am doing a series on the World Wars. For the past four episodes, I have focused on men from World War I, and then for the next four episodes, I will focus on men from World War II. Today, I will be talking about Audie Murphy, one of the most decorated American combat soldiers who fought in World War II. He entered into battle as a small 17-year-old, but left with over 30 medals because of his brave heart. Murphy represents many of the young men who lied about their age and falsified documents so that they could fight for their country. Today, I will be discussing not only his military career, but his childhood and personal life as well. I want to make history come to life by recognizing all aspects of Murphy's life rather than just the parts he is most well known for. A soldier is so much more than the medal that he earns, for behind that medal lives terror, murder, tragedy, and sorrow. Murphy was born on a sharecropper farm in North Texas in 1925. He was the seventh out of 12 children, so as you can imagine, he stayed pretty busy. Although one may think that this would be a big, happy family, this could not be farther from the truth. His father was very much in and out of the lives of his children and his wife. Now, as a result of this, Murphy had to drop out of school when he was in fifth grade in order to pick cotton to earn one dollar a day. Now, today, this would be equivalent to about $20 a day. So he's only had five years of education at this point, And to take care of his family, he has to then drop out of school to earn little to nothing by picking cotton. So we can already see that he has a pretty rough start in life. His father's absence also left his family often hungry. 
Now, because of this, Murphy would have to grab his rifle and go hunt for rabbits and other small animals to keep his siblings and his mother fed. Eventually, his father abandoned his family completely when Murphy was only 16 years of age. This caused a lot of emotional damage and hardships for Murphy and his entire family, really. But this is not the worst of it, believe it or not. Not long after his father left the family, his mother passed away, leaving behind no one to take care of her children. Murphy was 17 at the time, but he had little siblings who were too young to take care of themselves. They ended up in orphanages or relatives' households who were able to take care of them. Murphy later said about his childhood, quote, I can't ever remember being young in my life, end quote. This horrific event caused Murphy to consider joining the military. He loved his mother dearly, and he wanted to do something that would make her proud, and he believed that this would be the perfect way. Although he was only 17 years old, so his sister had to help him falsify documents so he would be of the minimum age to join the military. However, since he was only 5'5 and weighed 110 pounds, he was refused enlistment in the Marines and the paratroopers, so he then decided to join the Army. He began basic training and was sent overseas to join the 15th Infantry Regiment of the 3rd Infantry Division. He fought in North Africa, Sicily, Italy, Germany, and France, where he eventually earned a battlefield commission for his bravery on the front lines. Murphy immediately stood out to his officers. He was assigned to the front lines, but he was not frightened, or at least he did not appear to be frightened. He was expected to keep up with the other soldiers, who were much bigger and much stronger than him, but he did this without delay. He even killed many enemy soldiers while overseas, 241 to be exact, and he did so with great fortitude. Although I do not have time to go into all the detail about Murphy's accomplishments, I will discuss a few of them that stood out to me. On January 26, 1945, Lieutenant Murphy was commanding his regiment, when the Germans attacked them out of nowhere. Since this was a surprise attack by the Germans, Murphy had to think smart and he had to think quick. He told his men to retreat into the woods and get ready to be on the defense. As the men were getting in their defensive positions, the Germans' fire hit an American tank destroyer and set it on fire. This caused a lot of commotion and a lot of panic for the American soldiers. And since they were in the woods, they didn't have a clear vision of the German soldiers, so they could not aim their guns properly at them. Murphy knew that he had to defend his regiment. And so he climbed on top of the tank destroyer that was on fire so he could get a better view of the German soldiers. Now he was on top of the tank destroyer and he could better see the enemy, so he started shooting. He stayed on top of the tank for more than one hour despite having a wounded leg and he was able to single-handedly kill 
20 German soldiers. He then led his men in a counterattack where they killed more than 50 German soldiers that day. It was this act that earned him the Medal of Honor, the United States' highest and most prestigious military honor. At the age of 19 years old, Murphy is already recognized as an American hero. Another act of bravery that stood out to me occurred in August of 1944. He was fighting with his best friend, Laddie Tipton, when he was tragically killed by the Germans. Enraged that he just watched his best friend die and feeling broken to the point of despair, he killed the Germans that killed his best friend. He then got hold of a machine gun and killed the remaining Germans in the area, and for this he was awarded the Distinguished Service Cross. Laddie Tipton was not the only friend Murphy lost while fighting in the war. He lost many comrades and close acquaintances. This was something that he never fully recovered from, and a big part of why he wanted to forget the war so badly when he returned home to normal life. It is because Audie Murphy was a brave man and was willing to make sacrifices so that we could enjoy the freedoms that we have today that I am featuring him on my show, Great Men Back Then, on Radio Free Hillsdale 101.7 FM. Here is an audio clip of an interview with Audie Murphy, and I found this interview from the Audie Murphy American Legend YouTube account. For years now, Audie Murphy has been a well-known motion picture star but he is known also as the most decorated soldier of World War II. What has stayed in his mind? What does he remember most about that time of his life? To find out, we go now to our man in Hollywood, Vince D'Angelo. This is Army correspondent Vince D'Angelo. On this Veterans Day, we've moved our Army Hour microphone to Hollywood, California, to talk to a man who is not only well-known to the American public, but also highly respected by the military services. He is a major in the United States Army Reserve, America's most decorated hero of World War II. He is motion picture star Audie Murphy. Audie, welcome to the Army Hour. Thanks, Vince. It's nice to see you again. Audie, how long were you in the service? Well, actually, a very short time, Vince, about three years, but it, uh, I assure you it seemed much longer. Uh, did you spend most of your service in Europe? Practically all of it. I, I had my basic training in Texas and a little bit at Fort Meade, Maryland, and right on to North Africa. Uh, you were commissioned uh, right uh, toward the close of the war, weren't you? In 1944, and somewhere up in France. I'd forgotten France all looked the same to me in those days. Well, Audie, as a, a man who was honored with every decoration his country could award, and going back to your service before you were commissioned as Sergeant Audie Murphy, let's say, would you tell our listeners what was your most memorable experience of World War II? Vince, of course, I had, had many, and uh, I sometimes... Uh, remember them, uh, not always with great pleasure, but I think I'd have to say that uh, the greatest thing that ever happened to me was not as a sergeant, but as a second lieutenant, or was I a first lieutenant? I've tried to forget all these things, you see. I don't remember my rank at the end of the war. I think I was first lieutenant, and this was, um, I've even forgotten the date, but I was on a train going for a little rest on the Riviera for, all oh, about three or four day pass. And I heard the announcement that the war in Europe was over. And uh, there's nothing that could top that for me. Well, then this was your most memorable day. 
It certainly was, because, uh, as I say, those three years had seemed much longer than they really were, and I saw a lot of good uh, good men come and go. And uh, a lot of them, as we know, especially and remember on this day, are still there. When you heard the war was over, what was your first thought or reaction? Well, coming home again, uh, I started to think about home for a change, which we didn't dare think of before, because, as you know, you live from day to day, minute to minute in most cases. And uh, suddenly I was a little frightened. Uh, strange as it might seem, I didn't know what I'd do when I got home, and uh, uh, I suddenly felt just a little empty inside and a little lonely about the whole thing. Although I was very happy the war was over, uh, I suddenly didn't feel that I had a home. Well, Audie, we've certainly come a long way since then, haven't we? Yes, so we have, Vince, and as you well know, our country and most of the free world, for that matter, have taken a long step forward in many fields since World War II, and especially in the development of weapons, weapons of mass destruction. And I might add that I've seen some of those weapons tested, and believe me, uh, some of them do stagger the imagination. And that's why I think it's, uh, it's very important that each of us, as we honor our veterans on this day, uh, pledge ourselves to keeping our country strong and to even greater support to all branches of our military services. Well, thank you very much, Audie Murphy. This is Army Correspondent Vince D'Angelo returning you to the Army Hour. Murphy returned home from war in 1945 and was a national hero. He is oftentimes referred to as the most decorated soldier in World War II, having received every possible award from the United States, as well as three from France and one from Belgium. Murphy returned home with a very recognizable face, and he caught the attention of James Cagney, an American actor and dancer. He saw the photo of Murphy and invited him to come out to Hollywood. He came, although reluctantly, because he knew he had no experience or talent with work in Hollywood. He was also broke, only living off of his army pension, so he was desperate to try pretty much anything. When Cagney met Murphy, he signed a $150 a week contract player for their production company, but he never cast him in a movie. Murphy later met screenwriter David McClure, who encouraged him to write a book about his memoirs. Murphy later signed with Henry Holt and company and agreed to have McClure as his ghostwriter. As they were collaborating and writing this book, McClure had many moments of frustration, to say the least. Murphy wanted to tell an account of his war stories just as they happened, and McClure wanted to give the book a little Hollywood spin. Once the book was finished, it became clear who won most of the argument. And the answer is Murphy. He won most of the arguments. There is a clear theme of humility throughout the entire book. Despite the fact that Murphy is most well-remembered for his medals, there is no emphasis on his awards. And although the book is written in first person, there is a strong emphasis on the other soldiers. Murphy is not the center of the story, but rather his comrades are. This is how Murphy wanted it. He wanted a book that would portray how war truly is. It is not a solo experience where you come home and celebrate your medals. It is a fellowship with your comrades, but a sorrowful one. It is a dying fellowship. 
and as a fellowship that can be taken away during the night. Murphy did not want to glorify war and have himself as a star, but instead he wanted all the soldiers to be given what they deserved, a chance for the world to see and understand what they went through. Because then maybe, just maybe, we'll be able to properly thank them and gain an ounce of understanding for what they have been through. It is because Audie Murphy was a brave man and was willing to make sacrifices so that we could enjoy the freedoms that we have today that I am featuring him on my show, Great Men Back Then, on Radio Free Hillsdale 101.7 FM. Although this book is a phenomenal read, it is usually not remembered as one of the best books written about World War II. And this is probably because it is overshined by the movie that was created from the book called To Hell and Back. Murphy actually had the opportunity to star as himself in this movie. Although it was an honor to portray himself in this movie, and it was something he agreed to do, it was still very difficult for him to do so. This role means he had to reenact scenes of his life that would forever haunt him. Especially since Murphy struggled with severe PTSD, it probably was not the most healthy thing for him, but he wanted to show the world the reality of war. There was one scene in particular in the movie that differed from the true event. One of his friends, named Brandon, stood too tall as they were advancing up a hill, and he was hit by the bullets of a machine gun. He fell back into Murphy's arms, where he would take his last breaths. As they were shooting this scene, the producers thought it may be too corny or too cheesy to have the actor die in Murphy's arms, so they took that part out of the scene. Now, although Murphy was a strong advocate for portraying his experience in war for how they really were, this was one battle that he did not win. Here is a clip from the movie To Hell and Back. At the beginning of the scene, Murphy is injured, but he will soon recover despite what the nurse has to say. Where'd you get it? In the hip. But where did it come out? You know where it came out. <laughs> I told him where he was going to get it, didn't I tell you? <laughs> Sergeant, you'll have to leave. Oh, look, sir, he's a friend of mine. When he goes to West Point, I'm going to open a bar right across the street. What's the matter? What's wrong with a bar? His wound's going to keep him out of West Point. It will probably put him out of the Army. Gee, I'm sorry to hear that, Murph. Doesn't matter. Oh, you're probably better off anyway. Let him bust you right back to civilian. Well, you'll be in big demand back in the States. You can pick off a man at 500 yards with an M1. <laughs> you can toss a grenade further than anybody in the neighborhood. And you can bathe in ditch water. <laughs> Sergeant, roll up your sleeve. At least I can quiet you down so my patients can get their rest. Uh, okay, sir, I was just leaving. Uh, I'll be back and see you later, Murph. Uh, sir? On the 9th of August, 1945, a little more than three years after his enlistment, and shortly after his 19th birthday, Lieutenant Audie L. Murphy had fought in seven major campaigns of World War II. He had been awarded three Purple Hearts, a Bronze Star Medal, 
a bronze star medal with a bronze service arrowhead, a legion of merit, two silver star medals, the distinguished service cross, and from the French government, two croix de guerre with palm, and the legion of honor chevalier. On this memorable day in his life, he was awarded his country's highest decoration, the Congressional Medal of Honor. Murphy has a sad end to his story. He never could overcome his PTSD, which led to a strong addiction to sleeping pills. Every night, he slept with a gun underneath his pillow, and he would wake up to night terrors and images from the bloody battles he would fight in. He ended up dying in a plane crash in 1971 while he was on a business trip. He was only 45 years old. He is remembered as the most decorated soldier from World War II, and I tell you these things so that his story will not be forgotten. It is because Audie Murphy was fearless in battle and had a heart to give all men in war their proper due that I argue he was a great man. Thank you for listening to Great Men Back Then, where we talk about great men who shaped our nation into what it is today. I hope you have enjoyed today's episode and even learned something new. Come back next week as we talk about another great man on Great Men Back Then on Radio Free Hillsdale 101.7 FM.